Welcome to the Silicon Valley Bootstrapper Success Stories. In this podcast, we're telling the stories of those bootstrappers who self-funded their company and grew past $10 million in revenue. We're here not only to celebrate their success, but also to learn from their experience and get inspired so that one day we can make it big as well. Today, I have the honor to interview Maurice Brewster, the founder of Mosaic Global Transportation, a leading executive limousine services, company charters, and event transportation company. Maurice started the limousine business named Rolls Royce with a Z in 2008. He then pivoted to Mosaic Global Transportation and grew the company past $10 million. Mosaic has been listed several years in a row among the biggest privately owned businesses and among the largest minority owned businesses by the Silicon Valley Business Journal. Let's see what Maurice has to share with us today. I actually already asked you, when did you start a business? That's 2002, January. January 2002. Okay, cool. Coming up anniversary, any plan for celebration? Of course. We celebrate every year that that comes around. Oh, is that right? That we're still in business and doing well and prospering and uh, getting new contracts and growing the business. It's it's a lot to celebrate. That's great. That's great. And yes, and you said that you bootstrap self-funded. Correct. Actually, the blog that I'm going to push out, I'm going to call it Silicon Valley Bootstrapper mm-hmm. uh, Success Story. Mm-hmm. So um, that's when I, I should, when I call you, I should have asked you, hey, are you self-funded? Or are you uh, taking in VC money? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm actually glad I said, yes, self-funded. Yes, that's, that's exactly what I wanted. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So why did you start this business? What was in, in your mind? You say you had a business idea, but why chose this business? So... Why we started the business was mm-hmm. because uh, of the uh, Silicon Valley burst, right. so the bubble burst, right. and everyone was losing their job. And my thought was because the role I played during all of those years where everyone was, was doing well and making tons of money, my job in those companies were to build the sales team up, mm-hmm. build the revenue up so that the company can sell or go public, right, and, right. and everyone makes millions, right? And so after doing that for a number of years mm-hmm. and seeing what was happening with the industry, I turned to my wife and said, listen, I'm, I'm making these companies hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. And I turned to her and I said, you know what? I can make us a million dollars. <laughs> and in true form, my wife's very conservative in, uh-huh. in everything that she does. She said, no, go get a job. <laughs> and and I tried to get a job. She says that I didn't try very hard. Okay. But I did try to get a job. But while I was trying to get a job, I had this idea of us starting a specialty car company. And what I mean by that is that our focus was weddings and special events. Mm-hmm. And the vehicles we were using were vintage Rolls Royces. Oh, 
So the thought was that we would buy a Rolls Royce, a vintage Rolls Royce, and it would be white and it would be beautiful and it would be the lead car that a bride and groom would be in mm -hmm. after they got married, after, you know, they pronounced, you know, man and wife and they yes. kiss and they walk down the aisle. Yeah. They would get in this beautiful Rolls Royce where they would take pictures and these pictures would last them forever because the car is ageless, especially right. those right. vehicles. We would grow the business because nobody was doing that back in, uh, in 2000. 2001, 2002. Right. Right. So my idea was to do that. So we bought the first Rolls Royce and uh, we started marketing the vehicle mm -hmm. it, we did it from our home. Uh, so we started literally in, in, in our home and we went to our first wedding show. Mm -hmm. The wedding show was in Burlingame and we had so many orders with this vintage Rolls Royce that we went out and bought a second Rolls Royce. <laughs> And the business just started growing from there. Uh, we went to another wedding show and we got the similar results. And people were loving the idea of these vintage cars as opposed to your traditional stretch limousine. Right, right. And we just had a whole lot of people have a high level of interest in doing something different right, than right. the typical stretch limousine. And that led to us buying a third Rolls Royce that led to us buying a fourth Rolls Royce. Um, wow. When we were at the fourth Rolls Royce level, we had a local hotel in Palo Alto mm -hmm. where we live is um, uh, the Western and the Sheraton Hotel. And we were servicing their clients, you know, right, the people right, that were right. staying at their hotels. And the hotel said, why don't you bring your business into our hotel? So we brought the business into the hotel, okay. and now we had a captive audience of customers because right, right, right. every wedding that happened at the Westin or the Sheraton used our vehicles. And then our business grew to the point where we had 13 Rolls Royces. Wow. Yeah, we had 13 Rolls Royces, and we were operating the business right in the basement of the Westin Hotel. Okay. And that's how it happened. It was an idea. It was a hunch. It was me believing that if I had something that I could wrap my arms around and that I could sell, that I'd be able to build the business and, and, and grow the business. And that's what happened 18 years ago, 17 and a half years ago. Wow, that's that's amazing. I'm just li listening to you say, yeah, Rolls Royce and that I, I got married in 97. Mm -hmm. At the time, I don't think we have much choice besides a stretch limo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. so, wow, that's great. So reflect back, what did you do well? So because I'm, I'm a good salesperson, I'm a mm -hmm. good marketer, I did that really well. Mm -hmm. I, I had great marketing materials. I'm a people person, so if I get in front of a decision maker or if I get in front of a hotel or if I get in front of a business, I felt confident that I could convince them that we could deliver a high-level mm -hmm. quality service for the most important day of your life. Right, right. So that's some of the things that I, that I really did well. Good marketing, good salesmanship. Uh, of course, it, the important thing was having good chauffeurs. Mm -hmm. So uh, we got good chauffeurs, and then I decided to go to London, in England, and buy uniforms. 
like oh, the traditional okay. right, right, chauffeurs right. wore with the double-breasted jackets and and they all wore chauffeur caps and they had white gloves. So, so you know, I was selling the idea and selling the excitement. Right, right. I'm good at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those are some of the things that I did good. And then with the relationship building, that happened. And, of course, leveraging the relationship with the hotel, well, then that opened us up to all of the corporate customers that those two hotels were, were catering to. Right. And then that opened up the door for other hotels in Palo Alto. So after the Weston and the Sheraton had us, well, then the Garden Court wanted us, and then the Diners wanted us, and then the Cabana wanted us, and then yeah. and then the Stanford Park Hotel wanted us, and, and so on and so on and so on, because right. we had these beautiful vehicles that everyone wanted uh, to introduce to their brides right. and brides oh. and grooms. Yeah, no. So that's... Stuff I did really well. I could market uh, myself well yeah. and, and the company. That's great. That's great. And you say you live in Palo Alto. Yes. Which part of Palo Alto? In old Palo Alto. Oh, the old Palo Alto. Right off of North California. and yeah. um, the, the, the back of it. Right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I live in South Palo Alto. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's like, oh, yeah, we're neighbors. Yes. That's great. Yes, yes, yes. So what is your biggest challenge when you're starting out the company? And how did you overcome it? We didn't realize what our biggest challenge, our really biggest challenge was going to be until we got to a point where we started transitioning from being a vintage car company mm-hmm. to being a company that offered vintage cars and regular cars. Mm. And uh, what happened was we, we were able to have two really large customers, corporate customers, that mm-hmm. accepted us as a transportation provider. So the, these two companies in the hotel met with us mm-hmm. and said, uh, we like what they do. This company, Rolls-Royce Limousine right. Service, that was the name of our company, Rolls with a Z, not with an F. <laughs> okay. Um, and yeah, they, I think I saw a plaque yeah. out there. Exactly. Yes, yes. And they said, um, you know, you're doing a great job on the vintage stuff, but we'd like you to consider doing and managing our corporate customers that come to the hotel that don't want a Rolls Royce. Right, right, right. And I said, but that's all I have. And this is really what I want to do. And I really, you know, I mean, the business was growing and, you know, it was was good. You know, it was profitable. and, And they opened up their books and showed me how much business they were they were giving to a local limousine company. Uh-huh. And let me tell you, Alyssa, the next day I went out and bought regular town cars because <laughs> it was that much bigger. It was that big. And yes. that's how we then transitioned from just being a vintage car company to being a, 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 a limousine company that offered vintage and offered traditional services. Right. Okay. So let me tell you the problem we had. Mm-hmm. Biggest problem we had was then we got Tipco, okay. and we got Yahoo as two corporate customers, and they were absolutely ready and prepared to do business with us. But there were some very specific things that they needed, some mm-hmm. very specific things that we didn't have. Okay, uh, technology. Uh, we didn't have the technology needed. We didn't have uh, the software. We didn't have the computers. We had to now invest a lot of money. And don't forget, 
we bootstrap our business ourselves. Right. right. So when I when I talk about uh, some of the bumps in the road that we had, one of the biggest challenges we had was we didn't have a relationship with the bank. So when it was okay. time for us to need a relationship with the bank, because we had these two corporate customers that were willing to give us their business, mm-hmm. but we had to make a major investment in the company. Right. We didn't have the money to make the investment in the company. And when we went to the bank, the bank said no. Mm, because there's no No track prior, record. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So what did we do? We sold our home. We sold our home in Palo Alto, and we invested all of that money that we had accumulated through through the uh, the good times right, of Palo right, Alto. Right, right. Um, and we invested that money into the company. Wow. That's a gigantic leap of faith. It was a huge leap of faith. Yeah. And, you know, we came out on the other end of it. Right. Which, that's why you're interviewing me today. Yes. But, but it was hell. When, right, uh, right, when right, we were going right. through the challenges of going to bank, to bank, to bank, to bank, and and, and getting no, 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 no. So um, we we believed in ourselves. And, you know, and again, that was back in 2004, 2005. Right, right. Uh, so we were only a two, three-year-old company, you know, and not, not a lot of track record and, right. and um, not a whole lot of what the bank needed. So we, again, uh, did what we had done in the early stages. We bootstrapped ourselves. We sold our home in Palo Alto. Right. We invested the money into the company. Right. And we were able to secure those two contracts, both with Yahoo and with TIPCO. That was great. And that stabilized the company. That stabilized right? the company. And our growth has been ginormous growth because if you fast forward to today we're we're around a 12 million dollar business yeah yeah I, and um and and so it was a good decision scary but very. It, but but it was a very good decision uh but in hindsight i don't think i would do it again i would ha- i would establish a relationship with the bank uh, early on. i would i would do that very early on mm-hmm. Uh, so that we could have those relationships so that when we need the money we can go to our banker and the banker would um uh, hopefully oblige. Wow, that's a really s- scary story. But I mean, it's good that it come out at the end, right? Mm-hmm. But it, you, you must be like considering it day and night and losing sleep over it. No, didn't lose sleep. We, we right? prayed about it and we, we felt uh, comfortable with our decision. Uh, we had a good business plan. Right. Um, we had a, a good foundation of both retail customers and corporate customers okay so we felt very good with that then now all i needed to do was do what i do best which is go out and sell and sell and right. get more yahoos and more tipcos uh, tip of the world yeah. by the way tipco and yahoo were still corporate customers of mosaic global transportation now of course you know Yahoo now sold to right. Verizon, right. Uh, but Verizon is still a customer of right. Mosaic. Global That's Company. good. That's yeah, good. and of course we've grown with a lot of marquee, you know, customers. Right, and, right. Um, but they were the reason that other corporations said, "Well, if Yahoo's doing business with you, I'll do business with you. If Tipco's doing business with you." I'll do business with you. That's right. That's uh, right. You, you needed that initial uptake. Exactly. We need we needed an anchor cut client that we could say, ask Tipco, ask 
right. Yahoo. Right. And that's what happened. And we leveraged our relationship off of them. And, and you know, today, you know, we do business with Goldman Sachs in New York. We do business with J.P. Morgan Chase. We do oh, business, okay. you know, with Johnson & Johnson, AT&T, uh, Merck. Uh, I can just go on and on and on and on. How many global offices do you have right now? We have two offices, one here in Mm -hmm. San Jose and the other in uh, Los Angeles in Southern California. Okay. How we do business all across the country and all across the world is we have affiliates. No different than the uh, FTD model where you may buy mom's flowers in downtown Palo Alto. Right, right, right? right. But really... Uh, the florist the in, in is Chicago is the one right. that's actually delivering the flowers for mills right. in, in downtown Palo Alto that you bought, right? right? So we had the same concept that we could establish partnerships all over the city, all over the state, mm-hmm. all over the region, and all over the country. And again, good business plan, good marketing plan, and uh, some now some help with some good salespeople. Right. Right. We were able to grow the business. Right. And also you need to get them to kind of standardize on your standard. Exactly right. Exactly right. mm -hmm. But it's easy. I mean, because when you are bringing a half a million dollars, a quarter of a million dollars to a person in New York or to a person in Chicago or to a person in Colorado, they don't have that business today. But you're bringing that on a silver platter with some requirements. I just need you to do a few things. And those things are the things that we sold our corporate customers on the delivery of that will always be 15 minutes ahead of schedule. We will drive safely. Uh, We will give you excellent service and we will bill you promptly. So, you know, when you have those, and really that's all you really need to do in our industry. If you do those four things consistently, you'll be better than over 95% of the limousine companies out there. And because most of the companies out there are small one and two right, car companies. Right, right, uh, right. There's very few people that are the size of, of, of Mosaic Global Transportation. Right. It's a handful of them uh, all right. over the country. So, okay. so it was easy. All we had to do is get you to agree that you'll be 15 minutes early, clean car, you'll drive safely, Right, and you'll deliver excellent customer service. If you do those things, then my customer is going to be happy. You're going to be happy because you're going to get that business, right? And we're going to grow together. Mm. And that's exactly how we did it. All right. Here's what I always say, right? It's a typical S curve, right? Mm-hmm. People say this is a startup phase, then it's a growth phase, mm-hmm. and you're growing, growing like crazy, mm-hmm. right? Then it got into mature phase where the growth uh, naturally kind of slowed down mm-hmm. compared to the growth phase. Mm-hmm. Then it got to the finishing phase, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this could be that you find a second product acquired and then you re what we call rebirth right mm-hmm. you keep growing franchising that's one thing or some company start to see a decline mm-hmm. right it's like a natural life cycle of a company mm-hmm. so where do you think your company is uh, in this cycle so we are in the growth phase right Yours. now we're still growing after okay. you know after 18 years because of what happened very uniquely here in Silicon Valley, and that's the advent of all of the employee shuttle. Uh, oh, those yes. huge buses that you see that are moving up and down right, the freeways. Right, right. 
Right. Well, that just happened five years ago, six years ago, That's seven, true. Year, seven That's years true. ago. And we were able to get into that end of the business where you would think we would have gotten to a maturity level. Mm-hmm. We've actually extended maturity out a few more years. <laughs> and right. now we're growing because now we're doing business with Google. We're doing business right. with Apple. We're doing business with Facebook. We're doing business with VMware. All of these companies need these buses to get their employees from either a local Caltrain yeah. to the... Uh, Google actually uh, have bus from San Francisco all exactly the way right, over here. Exactly right. Genentech have shuttle from here all the way to South San Francisco. And that's how we were able to continue our growth spurt. And uh, in 2014, we grew uh, 47%. Wow. We grew 47% because we were able to acquire some very major corporations. Okay. Um, all right. And then once we got that, similar to Tipco and Yahoo. Right. Well, once we got that one employee shuttle customer. Yeah. But then the other one's right, invited. Right, right. And the other one's invited. Then the other one's invited. And we're going through that spurt right now where um, uh, we just signed a, a very large contract with a technology company that everyone knows here in Menlo Park area. Oh, I can't share with I can't okay. share with you who it is, but uh, you could probably figure it out. Yes, when they have lots of building in Menlo Park, I got it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so yeah, the the reason I ask that is um, because we believe that at this place during the growth phase, you would have specific challenges when you get to the maturity or what we call running the business phase. Mm-hmm. You have specific challenges. Mm-hmm. That's why I break down the questions. So now. Uh, in the growth phase, what's the biggest challenge that you see? Cash flow. Cash uh, flow. Being able to manage cash flow and dealing with all of these new corporate customers that are demanding that they pay us in 30, 45, or 60 days. Huge issue and huge challenge right. um, for us. But now that we're a little bit more mature, a little bit more smarter. Right do have relationships with banks, uh, we're able to get the lines of credit that yes, allow us yes, to be able to... Yes, buffer that. Exactly right. right. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, it's all cash flow. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And the other thing that you noticed when we came in is that uh, we're moving. You know, we're, we're moving yeah. to a bigger facility, 45,000 square foot facility to be able to wow. handle the growth of the right. new contracts that uh, we're bringing on board this year. 45,000, that means all the uh, shuttle parking and all that will be on site? or That's correct. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. and w- with few ex- exceptions, one of the technology giants are allowing us to park uh, the vehicles at their location. Okay. So we didn't have to worry about that, but we still needed to deal with the other growth and right. the other contracts that we're winning right. Right. Uh, on a on a day to day basis. Uh, I shouldn't say day to day on a week month to month basis, but right. that way. Right. Right. So we had to figure out that we're going to outgrow this place, and we've only been here three years. I know. Wow. So we're mm-hmm. going to move to another location in San Jose that allows us um, that's going to double the size of the space that we have. Right. So that we Is that your own facility or are you still we're gonna sell, we're gonna We're going to rent. You're going to rent. Yeah. So you, you, it's not within your corporate strategy to, say, like uh, Facebook, you're just starting to buy properties whenever they expand. Right? Mm-hmm. We're, not at the, we're not at that level yet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Facebook with their um, 
influence, I, I think they're getting some pretty decent deal. Mm -hmm. I'm so, sure they are. Yeah. So cash flow is, is the biggest one. And Num the numero, solution. Numero uno. Numero uno. Number one. Number one. Cash flow. Yes. And, and the uh, You can solution. grow all day. You can grow all day long. But if you can't, if you can't fund your growth, then you go out of business. I, I have I have a sad story regarding that. A, a friend of mine uh, was always in the residential remodeling business. He got talked into doing commercial. Mm -hmm. The cash flow didn't turn. He filed for bankruptcy. Yeah. So that's a sad story. But yeah. yes, I understand the importance of cash flow mm -hmm. that cash is king. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But luckily we, we felt that early on in the story, if you recall, yeah. when we needed the money and we couldn't get it from the bank yep. and we had to sell a home in order to have the money to, in order to grow, to right. get to where we are today. Well, from that point to now, we established good relationships with banks. Yes, yes. <laughs> and yes. Uh, we have multiple relationships with multiple banks. Yep, you learned, right? Ab absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Great. And the biggest challenge, you're not there yet. And when do you think you plan to finish the business? You know. So that's a, that's a great question. We don't know the answer to that. We pray, we hope that this becomes a legacy business for our children. Okay. However, none of our children are interested in the business. <laughs> <laughs> so right now, the plan is is that uh, until the point that uh, my wife and I are ready to retire out of the business, if they haven't changed their minds, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, reality may set in, and they may. Um, they may decide that this may be right. something good for them. Yeah. The plan is, is that we will just um, hire a general manager slash president yes. who will run the company. We will be advisors to that individual, and uh, we'll just ask them to mail our checks to whatever tropical island we're at. <laughs> At that <laughs> is, is that yeah. what you're having that, in mind? That's my dream. That's okay. my dream. Because, you know, with the way we're setting up the business and, you know, when you've got, you know, 12 million, you know, the plan is, is that we're going to double in size in, mm -hmm. in two years based mm -hmm. on what, what, you know, so we're going to be a 20, anywhere between a 20 to 24 million dollar business in, in two years. Right. Well, if we can continue to sustain right. and grow. Um, there's no reason for us to uh, to worry about exiting and selling the business because uh, we're going to make more money with our arrangements right, that we're planning right, to right, have right. uh, than if we sell it, get that you know fat check, and then now what do you do with that money? You can continue to live on until you die, or uh, you can make some investments, but I don't think we're going to work want to work that hard, you know, when uh -huh. we're in our seventies and eighties. Right, so. right. So the plan is right now, if legacy doesn't happen, mm -hmm. succession to our kids, specifically only one who is somewhat interested. That's my son, but he's told us he's graduating from the University of Oregon this year, and he's already told us he wants to pursue. Uh, um, consulting and uh, you know in the economic business right, uh, right. Uh, realm. So, but if that doesn't happen, then we'll we're going to put somebody in place. We're going to manage them from afar and uh, keep an eye on our right, business right. and uh, give them some ownership in the company so that we can you right, know, put right. those golden handcuffs on them. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, and again, tell them which island to send our check each and every uh, month. Yeah, no, that's that sounds like a great plan. When you say that your son, you, your 
kids are not interested. I remember my mother-in-law works、mm-hmm. for a company that traditionally traded the ginseng,、uh, not the ginseng, that the yeah the ginseng business,、mm-hmm. um, and was very successful. Sure, none of her kids or or their kids wanted to take over the company. They're pretty successful. One is a lawyer somewhere. The other is a consultant somewhere else and stuff. And then they say, "Well, you know, that particular the lawyer daughter, they really think that she is suited for the business." So they basically told her, "Say, you know what? If you don't come back, if you don't move your butt back here in California, by the time we div the、um, inheritance, you will not get any."、Mm-hmm. <laughs> So she thought about it, and she and came she back. back. Smart move. <laughs> <laughs> so just just a tip for you. There's yeah, something yeah, in, in your. Yeah, in I'm your gonna、power. use that. I'm gonna use that when <laughs> I talk like, to my son yeah, they, or my daughter. Identify one,、uh, like one family member, and think that she is probably in terms of、uh, the the way she handled business or whatever the you know characteristic that she is the best. That's what she's. They said to her, "It's like, you know, by the time we diff our inheritance, you will not get your share.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can make sure that will happen." Then、mm-hmm. <laughs> she moved back.、Mm-hmm. So, at what point you think you can exit with、uh, the business with more than your your more than it's worth? Basically, you you wanted to run it as legacy business, but if not, then you're gonna get a passive, right? Correct. So selling the business is not on your horizon. It is not. This right? It okay. Good. If you want to give an advice, one advice or two to people who are trying to make it today,、mm-hmm. right? What would that be? It would be to make sure that you create a business plan,、mm-hmm. and that you revisit that business plan two to three times a year,、mm-hmm. and that you reinvent the company when the company needs to be reinvented,、mm-hmm. so that you're staying ahead of the. Curve as opposed to being run over by the curve. Right, right. So a lot of entrepreneurs that I come in contact with start a business,、mm-hmm. and then they put together the business plan, and then they operate the business plan. And my suggestion is write the business plan up front.、Mm-hmm. Make sure that you get good sound advice.、Right. Establish a relationship with a bank. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and then work the business plan. And when I say work the business plan, just don't put it on the shelf, but revisit that business plan at least two to three times a year.、Uh-huh. My wife and I we go away in November, December time frame, and we work on the next year、oh, okay. or the next year or two. In this particular case, we worked on the next year or two because we knew some really good things were coming our way. But we do that in November. Right. November and December timeframe,、right. and then we on a quarterly basis, you know, in March, in June, and in October, we review the business plan, and if we need to make any tweaks, we we make the tweaks. We made the tweak that we needed to make when Uber and Lyft came into、uh, mm, our industry right, and completely、right. changed and disrupted. Right. Um, the transportation space for traditional limousine services. Well. Thank God we did that because then that allowed us to open our minds to say, okay, what other markets should we be going into? And guess what? We went into the bus business. Right, right. And that's what actually has allowed us to have the biggest growth that、right. we've ever experienced in the eighteen years that we've been in business. It was the fact that 
we had a disruption in the industry. We recognized that. And we got ahead, ahead of the, of we got ahead of the curve yeah. uh, as opposed to waiting for the curve to run you over. Now we're in, we're, in, we're, we're safeguarded to some degree in that the Uber and Lyft drivers are not going to get their Class B licenses with passenger endorsement and air brake certification and all the things oh, that you have to do for the in order to shuttle. drive the, the shuttle and the big buses. Because right, there's a lot right. of safety and right, a lot right. of compliance issues that you have to adhere to. You're monitored by the California Public Utility Commission right. and the Highway Patrol. So uh, they are constantly on a uh, semi-annual basis reviewing your record, reviewing everything about right, your business. Right, and right. That's not going to be a, a model that we see, at least now, the TNCs or the transportation network companies right, uh, right. Uh, getting involved with. So that being the case, it was good timing because our business, our sedan business, kind of Yeah, because that, that one get huge competition from huge comp- And you can't compete with them. Yeah. I mean, their prices, their prices to, from here, our office to San Jose Airport, you can get there for fifteen dollars. Yeah, our gas is fifteen dollars to get from here. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> you just can't no, compete. You cannot. You cannot, and you don't want to because yeah. that's that sabotage your own exactly business. Right. Kind of exactly thing. right. Okay, great. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed the story. I would love to hear from you. Please leave your comments on our podcast page, brainsharecoach.com slash bootstrappers. If you know someone who has made it big, I would love to tell their stories. Please get in touch with us. In the meantime, push on, make it happen, and celebrate your wins. See you next time.